Hello and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and I am joined, as always, by Emmanuel. Emmanuel, how are you going? Michael Corbin, how are you? Round 20, September, it's hot. It's uh, the usual time where we have our semi-finals and we're approaching the final round of football. Uh, and just as we thought things were winding up, um, there's been a bit of news about today, Corbs. Yeah, there has been. Uh, last game of the season, so there's going to be a couple games that don't matter. Uh, these two games are the Broncos versus the Cowboys on Thursday night. And I also believe it's Manly versus the Warriors uh, Sunday, Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Uh, the NRL has decided to trial some new, uh, to alter and change some of the rules that are currently uh, in place at the moment, see whether they can improve things. I like the proactiveness from the NRL here. Um, I'll let you go through the rules. But, yeah, I think it's a good thing that they're trialing new things, whether the rules that they're trialing are great. Uh, we can discuss that in a minute. But uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us what the changes are? Okay, so uh, the key changes that the NRL have put out today are that the six-again rule is now going to be used for 10-metre infringements. Um, as we've known since its introduction, uh, when the season resumed after round three, they were only four um, ruck infringements. That's going to be expanded to six again. Um, we're seeing the six again rule is going to sort of be used like a, a free kick in uh, or a short, short arm penalty, as they call it in rugby union. So um, rather than a full stoppage for this sort of thing, the game's going to flow and restart. So um, that is a good thing. Um, the handover for kicks into touch rather than a scrum is the second announced rule change. So uh, for this one, we see that, you know, sometimes the ball goes out um, over the sideline and then it's sort of like a slow race to pack a, a slow walk to pack a scrum. Um, it's going to be replaced instead by just a handover. Um, it's off the back of this idea that scrums have become a bit obsolete in our game. Um, and then I think to bolster that, the third rule change is that only the nominated forwards are allowed to pack the scrums. Uh, so that means you can't have uh, your 5 eighth, your centre and your winger uh, sitting in the scrum. And if they are in the scrum, um, then they will be asked to jump out of the scrum. The scrum clock will continue to run. And if the clock expires, a full penalty will be awarded to the opposing team. So it's a bit of crackdown on that. Um, and the final change is the bunker referral process to reduce stoppages. Um, now, that is the one I am most curious about, but I'm not sure. I think it allows the bunker to interfere with a decision before. So between a try being scored and a goal being kicked, a bunker can review a decision uh, made by the referee uh, that hasn't been sent up. So uh, this is to stop the situation that happened with Souths and the Bulldogs on the weekend where Jackson Paulo was clearly out before he put the ball down uh, and the referee didn't send it up to the bunker. Uh, this gives the, power, the bunker the power to overrule, I believe. Yeah, I'm not so keen on this one. This is... This is inviting dangerous territory, I think. I mean, they make that off the back of the line ball decision where he was clearly out um, on 
Thursday night, but what happens if we're analysing bobbles and the play the ball, who's got their hand to it first? I, I think it creates a whole Pandora's box of issues. Um, but I do, I do really like the earlier rule changes, um, especially, um, you know, and it was a definite thing in the Souths game the other night. There are a lot of 10-metre penalties, particularly on the try line. Um, all it does is slow play down. Uh, teams are still getting away with it. Um, and I think that's where the 10-metre penalty is most prevalent anyway, in that red zone of the opposition team. So if it's being taken out, if it's being taken out of um, the equation and teams can't slow down um, and be intentionally offside so that um, they can slow down the attacking team, it's probably a good thing for the game. Yeah, I do worry, though, that, you know, we might start getting just an overflow of six again calls. Uh, there's already a fair few at the moment. I think it's come down in the last couple of weeks, but, you know, you don't want the refs to get too whistle happy. So let's hope that they don't overdo it. Um, the Super League in over in England actually got rid of the scrums completely. Uh I wouldn't have mind seeing that. Just it's one game. Why not? For a game for a game, yeah. 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 Why like get rid of scrums completely. At the moment, the only I guess I guess scum scrums can be very uh can be beneficial uh when you're in the opposition territory, you know, you're twenty meters out, you can set the scrum in the middle of a field, you can set players both sides and no teams have designated scrum plays to try and score. Uh, off the first set, off the first play. Uh, but other than that, they're pretty much pointless. Um, yeah. They're a bit of a joke anyway. The, 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 the ball gets played between the person at the back of a scrum's legs and it comes out, you know, within a second. They don't really do anything. Yeah. And the, the thing about these rules is that there's one rule that seems to sort of um, Demote the role that scrums have in the game, which is making them into handovers instead of scrums when it's a kick into touch. The other one seems to try and promote the value of it by having forwards in the pack. So I don't think they're very clear about which direction they're going in. Um, mm. I'm mixed on getting rid of the scrum completely because I and I said I said this to you offline that I do feel like when a scrum is there, um, especially you know within each opposition's red zone, it's great to see some nice little backline move come out of it. Um, you get a bit more space on the field, um, which is a bit of an issue with the um, the size and the speed and the strength of the 13 players for each team these days, which probably leads us into some potential rule changes, Corbs. Yes, you have uh, you've led me right into the one that I would love to see. It is a big stretch. It's very radical. I would love to see 12 men on the field. For both teams. Now, Joey Johns has always made the point that for we've been playing this game for 112 years now, since 1908. Uh, since 1908, the field has never changed size. The size, uh, the amount of players on the field has never changed size, but the pl- the size of the players has changed. Now, there's two ways you can, you know. Sm- Create more space in the field. You can either widen the field out. At the moment, I think it's about 70 metres. Maybe push it to 75, give you some more room there. Or take a player out from each side. It will open the game up. Uh, there'll be a bit more fatigue and you'll get a lot more points being scored. At the moment, I believe that the NRL uh, 
before this season, I believe that every single year for the last 10 years, points had been decreasing per game. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very radical. But this is a time where you can try stuff like this, see what the product looks like. It's always fun when you see a player, you know, there's a bit of a biff on the field, two players get sent off, and the game becomes so much more open. So that's one thing that I would, as I said, it's radical, but I would love to see. Well, that is radical, um, but I'm not opposed to it because I think the most exciting football happens when uh, a player from each side is in the sin bin. Um, but uh, look, my the rule change I really hate, like I absolutely hate it, is the seven tackle set rule. It is a complete yep. waste. It's a momentum changer. We saw it the other night. Reynolds kicked one about 12 minutes into the game against the Dogs, um, and it. I, I just don't understand what the purpose of this is. I mean, if we're talking about trying to create more space on the field, we've created a situation where uh, no fullback defends their goal line these days. Uh, sorry, their dead ball line and sits in the in-goal area because they know that rule is in place. Okay, so no teams are making those grubber attacking kicks. The fullback jumps into the defensive line and you have 13 on 13 in an area of the field where you should have 13 on 12 with a fullback roaming at the back. But the fullback is not worried about the grubbers anymore. And the, the weaker teams with the poorer halfbacks in the competition struggle with their short kicking game anyway, which makes the attack more predictable. So if we're talking about trying to score points in the NRL, 15, 20 years ago, Corbs, when we were uh, much younger, loved our footy. And the, the attacking weapon of choice was the grubber. Andrew Johns had a great short kicking game. All the sides were doing it. And you see so much less of it in the competition these days. And I think that this rule change would open space. It would put pressure on the fullback to drop out of the goal line defence and defend the in goal. It would create space for the attacking team to pursue a short kicking game or a short passing game and create more overlaps rather than this predictable or more predictable crash over tactics that we see around the goalposts. Yeah, uh, the seven tackle set was brought in to uh, stop Billy Slater. Right? What was happening? Uh, to to allow? Sorry, not to stop Billy Slater. To allow Billy Slater to have uh, more freedom at the back. What teams were doing against the Melbourne Storm, especially, were when they were in their own in goal. They would that when they were in their own uh, side of the field, they would kick it dead on purpose so that Billy Slater could not return the ball, all right? So that was that was a rule change brought about to to in, increase uh, the fullbacks' play uh, from the backfield and uh, stop teams from intentionally trying to kick it dead. Now, I I agree that the second tackle set needs changing. What I would like to see, though, is I wouldn't mind keeping it uh, so that if you kick the ball dead from your uh, from inside your own territory, it's a seven tackle set. But if you're within the opposition's half and you kick it dead, that's fine. Six tackle set. What it will do is it will it'll it'll give you it'll give you a intermediate uh, res, uh, you know change between the two rules, and it'll it'll improve attacking play at uh, in the on the opposition line but it'll still stop teams from intentionally kicking it dead. So you still get the play from, you know, your Tedesco's, your Clint Gufferson's, your Tom Travojevic out of the back play. Yeah. 
See, for me, the unintended consequences of that seven tackle set rule are that you can be within a fingernail of a try scoring opportunity, right? And you can end up, instead of knocking that ball off, like instead of grounding that ball for a try, you could end up bobbling it, knocking it on in the opposition's in goal, or even it could skip past you and go dead, okay? And your punishment is exactly the same as kicking the ball from 50 metres away and kicking it dead with no one there. Yeah. Why, why, why is the crime so great for putting in an attacking kick and nearly scoring a try? Yeah, I agree. And the same, like, even, like, players, even they, they knock the ball on inside the, the field of play, the ball rolls dead into the end zone, into the in goal, and it's a seven-tackle set. It's, it should only be used when you're kicking from outside the opposing territory, so b- from before the 50-metre line. I think I think that's the way the rule should yeah. go, uh, and as you said, it'll it'll let players it'll let it'll let halves uh, freely kick that grubber without having the consequence of having a seven tackle set. You know, it'll allow for a lot more earlier kicks in play where you know it's a fifty fifty whether your player is going to chase it down, but if they do, it's going to be great. If they don't, it's not going to result in the seven tackle set because you're kicking it from the twenty meter line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the other thing I have issues with, and like this goes into a bit of a broader point, Corbs. Um, I have huge issues with the role of the bunker in the game at the moment. Um, I like the idea of I like the idea of the captain's challenge. Um, I, th- I, th- I think when used well, it can do the right thing. But uh, the role the bunker has played and the way it has crept into the game um, and seems to increase um, its role in the game each year is for me concerning. It's frustrating. There are too many delays. There's too much time spent, you know, where we, we hold plays up and review things and stuff like that. And I know we talk about technology should have a, a smaller role in the game. And then we had the incident with the South trial on the week and that was awarded when it shouldn't have been. Um, and getting that balance right is frustrating. But I, for me, I just think there's too much communication between the bunker and the earpiece that we don't have as the viewer or the attendee at the game and that's where it creates the problems. When yeah, all that it, yeah, uh, interaction is ha- when, when all that interaction is happening into a referee's ear and no one go- knows what's going on, that's what causes the frustration, I think, because there's no consistency around those decisions. Yeah, I think the bunker should be restricted. We need a video ref in the game. There needs to be some sort of video ref. So you don't get decisions like you know a knock on or a player stepping a foot in bounds, uh, out of bounds. Right, but I think it should be limited to that. I think it should be limited to, uh, you know, where the ball's put down, how the ball's put down, and whether a player's uh, gone touching goal or uh, stepped a foot out of bounds. I think that's where it should be limited. Get rid of obstruction. It doesn't need a rule on obstructions. If the ref can't see an obstruction in the field of play while they're watching the game, which is their one job, they're supposed to be watching what's happening as the game's progressing. uh, Then, you know, it's missed. That's fine. We can live with that. This is the, the the bunker should only be should be restricted uh, to things that is difficult for the referee to see, and that is you know a toe on the sideline or whether there was separation between the ball and the player's hand when he's putting it down. That's what it should be used for. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd really like to see is instead of golden point, I'd like to see ten minutes of extra time, or. Even better, I'd just like to see a draw. 
Yeah, I don't mind Golden Point. I get the ten minutes of extra time. I actually, I actually don't mind ten minutes of extra time. Uh, get rid of Golden Point. It'll stop the field goal fest a little bit. Um, you know, it, from ten from ten minutes till the end of full time, if it's a tied game, all they're doing is looking for a field goal. When if you know you have an extra twenty minutes to try and score a try, teams are more likely to do that. Um, the other, so I don't mind that. Um, the other thing I would like to see introduced is a five minute sim bin uh, for acts you know, uh, m- multiple penalties in a row. A player shouldn't get 10 minutes in the bin for that when that is the same penalty as a high shot or a reckless tackle. So that's another thing that I wouldn't mind seeing introduced. Yep. Uh, Michael, off the top of your head, can you think how many golden point games there have been this year? It's only been about three, I think. <laughs> Yeah, close. It's four, yeah. um, including that including that Penrith Newcastle draw. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we digress. Yeah. Um, all right. I have a, I have a question for you, Emmanuel. Have yeah. you had a look at the table today? I have. Who's Where, sitting ninth? What's the, the Tigers? No. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just <laughs> I, all I know is all I know is they will probably end up there somehow. Somehow they will end up there. I don't know. I don't know. At the moment, sitting in ninth place is the Gold Coast Titans. They've had a really good season. I just wanted to. I just wanted to call them out. Everyone thought that they might be at the bottom of the table. Uh, you know, they're not gonna. They're not gonna make the finals. But signs are looking up for them. I've really enjoyed watching them. They destroyed Manly on the weekend, even when Tom was back. Uh, and I'm on the Titans hype train. They're the best team in Queensland. And they're only going to get better next year. Uh, Justin Holbrook's done a great job. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, there's been a bit of signing news this week. Uh, it looks like Adam Fanua Blake has been granted his release by the Manly Sea Eagles and is heading over to the New Zealand Warriors. So it's a good signing for them. He's one of the better props in the game. Uh, he's had a bit of a mixed season, had that uh, disciplinary issue earlier on, and Manly season has been tough. But uh, he's a great forward leader, good go forward, and another good signing for the Warriors. And because I think the Warriors are paying Manly to take them off his hands, it gives them a bit more money to go after the likes of Kier and Forward. So he might be uh, you know, re-signing with Manly and uh, re-signing with should not with be Daly commanding... Chir- Recent, he should not be commanding that much money anyway. No, he won't be. He won't be. It'll be. <laughs> I, I think the issue is uh, at the moment how long the deal's going to be. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he will be uh, rejoining Des and Daily Cherry Evans. Yeah, I think you're on the money there. All right, round twenty. Will we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Last round. Um, last round where tips really matter. So if you're close, you might want to follow along. If you can get a win here, have a listen. Uh, we might give you a winner. First game of the week, 7.50, Thursday night. Uh, we discussed it earlier. There's going to be some rule changes in this game. But the Brisbane Bron- Broncos in the Queensland Derby are versing uh, the North Queensland Cowboys at Suncorp Stadium. Emmanuel, do you want to go through the team changes? There's a couple of interesting, couple of interesting names in different positions. Yeah. Yeah. So the Broncos are trying Katoni Staggs at 5'8". 
Mm-hmm. Gamble's dropping out after his head knock last week, and Jesse Arthurs is at centre. Haas returns after a week off, um, bumping Ben Teo to the bench and Ethan Bullimore to the reserves. Coates starts on the wing with Corey Oates returning, uh, reverting to the interchange, and Ricky returns from suspension in the back row for Fafida, who is out injured um, and has played his last game for Brisbane now um, with that move to the Gold Coast next year. For the Cowboys, uh, Maguire returns from suspension at prop. Tamalolo starts at lock um, after his return last week. Corey Jensen and Molo revert to the interchange alongside the returning John Asiata. Um, and Gavin Cooper is again named to start for Tom Gilbert despite playing from the, gench, the bench on game days. Michael, I really want the Cowboys to win this game. I really, I th- really, I, really I, want them to win. I think everyone wants the Cowboys to win this game. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, though. I think the Broncos win. I'm tipping the Broncos. Uh, I'm very interested to see what Katoni Staggs is going to be like in a playmaking role. I don't know whether he's the number six, but I could see him taking that number one jersey next year when Darius is done. Uh I think he has the talent and the skill to be more heavily involved in this offense and in the Broncos' side. So it's going to be very interesting to see what he's like with the ball in his hand a bit more. Uh, the return of Payne Haas helps them. Um, I don't know how much of the Cowboys are going to run down Malolo. Yeah, I'm I'm going the Broncos. I just they have a lot more to play for than the war than the Cowboys do. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and a fun fact for you. So, sorry, sorry, are you tipping the Broncos as well? I am. I am tipping the Broncos. I can't, I can't tip the Cowboys. No. Although, <laughs> how can you tip the Broncos? Though? They've won one game <laughs> since the resumption. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm tipping the Broncos. Well, yeah, I know. I'm hoping that if I tip Brisbane, they'll lose. So, um, now, fun fact for you, Corbs. Currently, yeah. Darius Boyd has played 336 first-grade games, yeah. uh, which puts him alongside, equally alongside John Sutton and Brad Fittler. And mm-hmm. so with this, game, with this game on the weekend, I believe that he will overtake them to sit outright ninth on the um, 300 games. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Something, yeah, something there for Darius. Um, yeah. and on Stags, he's the only player with spark in that team, so why not put yeah. him at 5'8"? They're trying new rules. Might as well try something different. Yeah. All right, next game, 6 uh, p.m. Friday night. We have the Titans versus the Knights. This is going to be a hard game for the Knights. The Titans, like I just said earlier, been really plucky of late. Uh AJ Brimson has been spectacular. Jamal Fogarty has been really good as well. That forward pack is really strong. And although the Knights pummeled the Dragons, the Dragons were just abysmal in that first 25 minutes of the game on Sunday. Uh, But I'm going for the Knights. They are still the better team. They're in the eight. And you hope that they get a win here to give them some, some momentum heading into finals time. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm going for Newcastle too because I think they'll have more to play for. Um, 
for the and I think they'll just want to secure that home final. Um, they need it to secure it, otherwise they've got to rely on the Roosters to beat um, Souths. So for the Titans, Kelly returns at centre with Spry shifting to wing and Thompson dropped. For Newcastle, Edric Lee and Bradman Best return to the back line with Toa and Chibasaki dropping out. Kurt Mann also returns from suspension. Randall's at the pine and Crossland is out. Um, Sione um, Metalia starts in the back row with Lachlan Fitzgibbon injured and Brody Jones called up in the interchange. Um, yeah, look, I'm going Newcastle too. Titans being very impressive, but I think Knights just have more to play for. Yep, I agree. Friday night, South Sydney Rabbitohs, the pride of the league. The team that's won more premierships than any other club uh, hosts their enemies, um, the Roosters. Uh, a grudge match of massive proportions. Latrell again misses out on playing his old club. I know he played him earlier in the year, but Latrell won't be playing this game. Uh, the Roosters have some impressive strike power. Uh, Tedesco, Friend, Cordner, and Takeaho all return. Manu, Collins, and Liu get a rest. Lusick drops to the reserves. Uh, Crichton switches to Locke, and Lachlan Lamb replaces Drew Hutchinson on the bench. For Souths, Gagai returns uh, in place of Masters. Uh, Cartwright starts for the suspended sewer, and Pat Margot called up on the bench. Uh, Souths are really going to miss Jaden Sewer, who has been very, very good for us this season. I think he's been one of our standouts. Um, uh, Michael, if Souths play anything like they did last week, it's going to be all over after 10 minutes. But look, I have to, I obviously have to tip Souths. Um, we're due for the win. You guys had it earlier in the year. Um, I actually forgot something that last year we beat you in the opener and the closer, but then you smashed us in the finals. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, I don't know. I, look, I think, look, I'm tipping stouts, but who knows? I, who knows? We're, we're going to be in the bottom half of the eight. Uh, you guys are probably looking to play. Who would you rather play in the first week of the finals, Michael? I'd prefer to play Melbourne uh, Panthers because I don't want to have to do a round trip up to Brisbane. But, um, yeah, that, that's my preference. But the Raiders have rested everyone anyway. Uh, actually, they can't jump us. Um, look, yeah, I'm tipping Roosters. Um, I can't, I'm, ne- I'm never going to tip Roosters. I'm never going to tip South against my own team. Um, yeah, we, we've been on a bit of a run. Players have been rested sporadically throughout the last six rounds instead of taking an approach that some of the teams that we're about to bring up uh, are taking this week. Uh, so players are fresh. Tedesco got a rest last week. Takiaho got a rest last week. Cordner's had a couple of weeks rest. I think this is our tune-up game for the finals, and I think it's going to be a big score. Wow. Ambitious. Mm. I don't think it's going to be a big score, but I do think Souths have been uh, pretty disappointing the last three weeks. Uh, they lost a lead against Melbourne. They absolutely fell asleep against the Tigers and battled out that game. And then they were just did not even, I don't even know what happened against Canterbury. Um, and I think that, that Wayne's probably got their attention now. Um, whether it can do much, I don't know. Um, I'd expect Souths to get to say 
Oh, I didn't even know. I, it's just, it's frustrating to watch because, I, I, you know, you look back, especially when you're in the, when you're sitting not at the very top of the ladder, you look back and you think a couple more games and you could be in somewhere very different. And South lost to Brisbane in round two. And I still can't understand how that happened. So I'm just going to leave that one there. But uh, lessons learnt uh, and always a good game. And I really hope I don't have to sit with you to watch it. Uh, no, I'm actually going to the game. So the first game I'll be going to this year, uh, heading out to ANZ, taking in some live action. Roosters fans always come out at the end of the season to go to games. So I'm just carrying on the tradition. Um, yeah, I think. Shut up. <laughs> what? I'm paying out Roosters fans there. <laughs> but I think uh, look, this is this is probably South's biggest game of the. Uh, you know, this is South's last big game of the year. They're probably going to be out next week or the week after finals. You know, aspirations of winning the grand final probably low. They probably have a bit more to play for than the Roosters, so maybe they do turn up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Roosters are too strong there. Yeah, last week, corresponding game, final week of the regular season, South was so off in the first half. And I don't know if you guys switched off or uh, Wayne just had some words at halftime, but we came out firing. And there was all this momentum for us. And then, you know, you blew us off the park in the first week of the finals. So let's see what happens. I think you guys guys have more momentum. Um, But, of course, I'm going for Souths. Anyway, let's move on to Super Saturday, 16th host first. Sorry, 15th host first. The Bulldogs host Penrith. Um, Both last start winners for the Dogs. No changes after their drought-breaking win over Souths. For Penrith, Dylan Edwards, Kikau and Crichton have been rested. Staines will play fullback. May at centre, Catewell second row. Tama returns at prop and Coruscant Uh, at hooker. I think Laurie's playing fullback, not Staines. Don't know he's or Staines. Oh, whoops. Dane, Dane Laurie playing fullback. I think Staines is. Yeah, injured. where is he? I don't know. Yeah, where does he Staines? Sorry. <laughs> All good. Um, and then um, Leota drops to the bench, Kenny to the reserves, and Burton, Tedavano are called up on the interchange, and Hetherington's dropping out. Uh, Penrith resting some players. They've wrapped up their minor premiership. Congratulations to them. It's been awesome. They have not dropped a game for a very, very long time. And I don't expect them to drop this one either. I'm tipping them. Yeah, I'm also tipping the Panthers. Resting a couple people, but, you know, Coruscant's back, so that'll help them. Uh, Cleary's still on the side, which is a big in. Luai's still on the side, so they're going to be too strong. Um, Surprised Cleary didn't get a rest or Luai didn't get a rest based on, you know, especially Luai, I think, played every game this round, every game this season. Uh, 20 game, 18 game rounds straight, 18 weeks straight. Big toll, so we'll see how fresh he is come finals, but they're pretty healthy at the moment, the Panthers. So hopefully it's all good. Yep. Uh, 5.30 game, Sharks host the Raiders. Uh, Wade Graham is in the halves with Sean Johnson injured. McDonald replaces Katoa on the wing. Hiroti replaces Dugan at centre. And Wilton takes Royce Hunt's spot on the bench for Canberra. Okay. <laughs> Ready for this? Mass resting. We've got 
Adam Cook replacing uh, Nickel Clockstad at fullback. Smith Shields and Timoko are the new centre pairing with Croker and Rapana out. Frawley and Sam Williams form a new halves pairing with White and Williams rested. Bateman and Whitehead are out with Hudson Young and Corey Harrowir and Ira, the new back row pairing. Papali and Tarpane are also rested with Sia Soleola returning from injury at prop, Havili at lock and Tom Starling starting at hooker. Kai O'Donnell and debutants Darby Medlin and Jarrett Sublu are the new names on the bench. <sighs> Breathe. Now, course. <laughs> yes. Cronulla qualify for finals as the first team to make the finals without beating another top eight team. Uh, I don't think I'm, that's true. I think it is true. No, because in 1989, the Canberra Raiders made the finals without beating a top eight team and went on to win the premiership. Was it top eight? Yeah. No. No, it was top five. Oh, back then. Okay. Yes, well, yeah. then you're right. Cronulla had more teams right. to beat Corbs. <laughs> <laughs> then you're right. All right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate news for Sean Johnson, uh, tearing his Achilles, the worst injury there is in sports. I want to tip, I want to tip Cronulla here because Canberra just, they're missing so many players. But without Johnson, it's a big loss. Wade Graham will help. I think I'm going to go Cronulla. There's just so many new faces in this Canberra team that, you know, some of them I've never even heard of before. Uh, new, basically a brand new spine other than Starling. So I'm going to go with the Sharks at home. Um, they want to get some momentum heading into finals football as well, but I don't give them too much chances considering they'll likely be versing the Raiders again next week. A full strength Raiders, that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going for Canberra. Um, <laughs> I think Johnson's a huge, Johnson's, Johnson's a huge blow for them. Yeah. He's um, been, he was fantastic all year. Yeah. Led the league in try assists. Was the bulk of their attack. Okay. Um, Saturday night. So just looking at the ladder, the, the Raiders can actually still make the top four, but it yeah. all depends on the game after them. All depends on the game after them, um, which is the Tigers hosting the Eels at Bank West. Um, for the Tigers, uh, Brooks returns after being suspended. Josh Reynolds returns from illness. Eisenhut's on the bench. Mikhail is Garner's in the back row. McIntyre's out. Elijah Taylor, Bloor and Cheek Cam join the bench. Packer and Little dropping out. For the Eels, Junior Paulo and Sean Lane are back and Kane Evans and Davey revert to the bench. I feel like the Tigers team has had changes like that all year. I can't believe that they're looking at the prospect of not finishing ninth. It's a club that's just got mediocrity written on it at the moment. Um, it, the coach needs to take control. I thought he'd turn the corner with them, but they've been very disappointing. And look, I, uh, I think Parra will just have more to play for here. They'll just want to secure that top four spot um, and potentially or likely play Penrith in that first week of the finals. So, um, but this is the risk for Parra. They could have one item next week. And we know that when the pressure's on them to do something, they struggle. Pressure will be on them to wrap up the top four spot. Will they be able to do it? 
I think they will. And the fact that they've named the full strength side, basically, uh, I think they understand the importance of this week. Um, they've struggled. Like, they weren't even convincing against the Broncos last week. They got played off the park against Penrith the week before. They want to they want to build some momentum. Uh, so I think that this is a must-win game for them if they're to have any chance of even competing in the finals. Because if they lose to Penrith, then they go and probably versus the Raiders or the Knights. I think it'll be the Raiders. And that's going to be a very tough matchup for them. So... Or, or South, sorry. I disregarded your team. Uh, that was unintentional, even though I think it'll happen. This is a really important game for Para. They need to they need to figure out some stuff, and I think this is a game to do it. So I'm tipping Para. Yeah, I'm tipping Para too. Um, I just think they'll have more to play for than the Tigers. Now, Sunday afternoon, uh, the first of these games is another one where they'll be trying out the new rules we spoke about just before. Um, the Warriors have been awesome this year. Um, they've been absolutely amazing. This competition couldn't happen without them. And um, so I just think it, it, it could be a really huge year for the Warriors, a, a really like club-defining year. Um, big changes uh, off-field too with um, Stephen Coney uh, moved on, Nathan Brown coming in next year. Payton's been fantastic. They've got Gus on board too, so... Um, and they've spent the whole year in Australia um, after struggling to win games here. So it could all be really sort of a club-defining moment for them. Um, and with them and the Titans, I'm expecting big things next year. So um, good on them. And going into this game, um, Peter Hiku uh, goes to um, fullback after RTS got injured. Uh, Herbert returns on the wing. Perham shifts to centre. Papali starts at prop. Torhu Harris at second row alongside Katoa. Murchie's um, bumped to the bench. Tanua Brown returns on the interchange with Ail and Curran dropping off. For Manly, Tommy Turbo has been struck again um, with that shoulder injury last week. Um, and Tavita Funa is back and Garrick returns on the wing. Miski starts on the other wing. Albert Hobblewhitey drops to the interchange. Pasika starts at prop. Boyle re- reverts to the bench. Waddell starts in second row. Gajewski's out. Um, an injury-ravaged year for Manly Corbs. I expected big things from them this year. Um, Even it, and Look, look. regardless of injury, they've underperformed. They lost one player yeah. and it was the death of them. That That can't happen to a team that had... Uh, aspirations of playing in the grand final. So this is a, this has been a bad season for Manly. Uh, you mentioned the the Warriors before and how great they've been this year. I think one of like an unintentional benefit of uh, having to come over to Australia, live uh, live on the Central Coast uh, together with this team is it's helped their uh, it's helped their chemistry and their culture. And I think that's going to benefit the next year. Uh, so you know. An unintentional benefit of the whole COVID situation is that this this group of players, a lot of who are returning next year, can be a lot stronger, a lot closer, and can only be good things for them heading into next season. But I, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the Warriors. I've liked what I've seen out seen out of them, and even with Tom back last week for sixty minutes, mainly were played off the park by the Titans. So I, I can't tip. Yeah, I just think they've run out of puff. Um... I wonder how much the um, 
the amount of space in their salary cap dedicated to their spine is affecting their depth. Um, so, yeah, very disappointing for Manly after an awesome season last year. So, uh, which brings us to the final game of the round. St. George host um, the Melbourne Storm jersey flag side uh, at Jubilee Oval. Um, now, you're going to have to give me about 20 minutes to yeah, read take through a, these Storm take, take changes. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna, just gonna have some water. Um, okay, let me start with St George first. So um, Sullivan debuts in the halves alongside the returning Clune because Ben Hunt is suspended and Corey Norman's being dropped. Finally, um, uh, Fair Guy starts on the wing with Pereira out. Blacker has been handed a debut on the bench while Ewan Aitken returns um, at centre. Host is back in the second row with Tarek Sims moved to the bench and Tyrrell Fumayono is out while Blake Laurie starts with Cade Ellis benched. For Melbourne, plenty of players have been rested um, with an entirely new back line. Um, so uh, Pappenhausen returns with Nico Hines shifted to the bench. Addo Clara and Vunavalu are rested for Shando Earl and Lume Lume on the wings. Uh, Branko Lee and Olam are out with Latelli and Momorovsky, the new centre pairing. Munster and Jerome Humes are rested with Riley Jacks and Cooper Johns in the halves. Cameron Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Tino Fasab-Malawi and Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich and Nelson Asafa-Solomona are rested for the pack. Brandon Smith starts at hooker um, with Christian Welch uh, returning and Kami Kamika with him at prop. Eisenhuth and Chris Lewis form a new back row and Max King starts at the block. Sharonig, Vetti and Pene join the bench. This is insane. And as I read this, I'm just, wow. What a I've never, system, George. I've never seen Craig Bellamy do this. He He's normally against resting plays at this degree. Jesus, 12 players from the starting 17 just rested completely. Uh, it's it's huge. Uh, good on them. And the funny thing is, I was I, I still question whether I should tip Melbourne or not. I, just, I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, but Brandon Smith's playing. This team's going to play with a lot of heart. They're going to be better coached. Can Melbourne beat this Dragons team? I think no. But it wouldn't surprise me if they got up. So I'm going to tip the Dragons, but I don't think it's going to be convincing. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys have more to play for, I reckon, than St. George. Because if someone goes down, one of these lucky 13 players is going to be called up. So, um, yeah, look, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to Storm. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, you got to catch up somehow. <laughs> We've got a lot All different right. this week. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, so that... is, yeah I, well done to Craig Bellamy. <laughs> I thought this might be the the approach that Ivan Cleary takes, but uh, Ricky and Ricky and Craig have gone next level. It's just benching everyone. So good on them. Yeah, players so... are going to be fresh for the first week. Hopefully, there's no rust. Yeah, a couple of talking points out of it. Would Cameron Smith agree to it if it was say his second? third or fourth last game in the NRL? That's one question. The second question is, 
Is Craig Bellamy that adamant that Melbourne actually have a chance this year? I reckon he is. We've never seen this from him before, and I reckon this could be the difference for them this year. They don't have, they don't usually rest and re- rotate players like the Roosters do this time of year. Yeah, I look Melbourne. I think there's three teams that can win this competition. It's Melbourne Roosters and Panthers. The issue of Melbourne the last few years has been: do they have that extra gear that other teams can get to to win a premiership? Now. I've said it before, the Roosters are the team that's knocked them out the last two years and they've gone on to win the final. So they're the rung rung below the team that won the grand final. They're they're doing pretty well. So, yeah, I I think they consider them... Of of course, they consider themselves genuine contenders. Why wouldn't they? Uh, They're up there. So they're going to be a tough, a tough beat. And yeah, it just depends on whether they can find that extra gear to get over the top of the best teams in the competition at their best. Definitely. Well, so, okay. So to run through the tips for the final round, um, we've both gone the Broncos to beat the Cowboys. We've both gone Newcastle to beat the Titans. I've obviously gone South. So you've gone the Roosters. We've both gone the Dogs. We've both gone the Raiders to beat... The Sh- uh, sorry, we've both gone the Panthers to beat the Dogs. We've both gone the Raiders to beat the Sharks. Both gone no, I the tip Sharks. to beat the Tigers. I tip Sharks. I oh, tip Sharks. Yeah. Oh. Uh, both gone the Eels to beat the Tigers. Both gone the Warriors to beat Manly. Yep. And did you say Storm Corps? No, I've gone Dragons. There you go. We have split a lot. Mm-hmm. Could be my week. Hey. It's about time. Um, now, in a bit of in a bit of a bit of a personal brag for me, uh, I am I am uh, all set to play in the NRL Fantasy Grand Final this week against my brother, um, which Cons- is cons- very consolation. Exciting, except, consolation. Um, <laughs> well, no, it was all going it was all going really well until um, I read Cameron Smith was out. Uh, um, so. Got a few, yeah, spewing. So could be game over. Um, now, I had a question for you about the Roosters, but I'm going to save it for another week because uh, why draw attention to the opposition the week they're about to play? So um, let's leave that one in the coming soon basket. You but, said this last week. You're teasing me. Yeah, I'm like teasing it. you. I don't like I'm it. I'm teasing you. <laughs> um, but I think I think that's it, Corbs. Round that 20, we made it. Oh, no, I know we made it. We're going to get there. <laughs> Next week is going to be a big, a big podcast. We're going to preview the finals. We're going to go into in depth in each matchup. Uh, games are finally going to start mattering again because let's face it, last week, especially last week, when only two top eight teams actually versed each other, and this week, uh, games don't really matter too much. The only thing that might change is the Raiders might sneak into the top four, but they've rested everyone, so they obviously don't care. Uh, yeah, so very little to play for. I guess the Broncos are playing to avoid the wooden spoon. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty uneventful week in rugby league. It's going to be interesting to see what these rule changes do, though. I don't think there's anything outrageous, though. So I think it's just minor tweaks on the game. Yeah. Um, I think also next week we should go back and have a look and see how our ladder, ladders from round one compared. Hmm. We might have to might have to re-listen to that first podcast. It's going to be a bit of a 
I don't, I don't want to hear what I sounded like back then. We've gotten a lot better, I think, since <laughs> week one, personally. <laughs> so Did we'll you just see. give yourself the Dally M? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, I definitely got that one wrong. I said Mitchell Moses. He's nowhere near, nowhere near close. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Anyway. Um, all right, Corbs. Next week. Next week. Guys, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram uh, and Twitter. How good is Rugby League and how good is RL, respectively? Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. And one more thing, Emmanuel. How good is Rugby League? How good is Rugby League? Have a good week. Good luck Friday night. See ya.